0: me
1: show me what I need to see Welcome to the Small Victories podcast I'm your host Pauline Victoria, an inspirational thought leader that offers transformational perspectives based on my unique experiences as a woman born without arms and legs. I feel like my life has been full of small victories that has led me to discover the greatness within. I believe that there is no summit upon which we reach our greatness. I believe it is a culmination of small victories achieved moment by moment when we turn toward the inward battle where we get to choose despair or hope, misery or miracles, defeat or victory. My goal is to awaken your potential, your purpose and your power so that you can discover the greatness that lives within you. Think of this podcast as your weekly portion of tools, stories, and teachings that help you reflect on the small victories in your life. Thanks for tuning in, and let's begin. Thanks for joining another episode of the Small Victories podcast. I'm your host, Pauline Victoria. For many of us, we're so busy working on things outside of ourselves, our families, our jobs, our friends, our churches, etc And all of that is good but are we so busy that we become distracted from who we are and what we have been created to be? In this episode, we'll be learning about an interesting concept and practice called Centering Prayer. Rich Lewis will guide us on our learning of Centering Prayer and how it can reveal our true selves. Rich is an author, speaker, and coach who focuses on Centering Prayer as a means of inner transformation. He has been a daily practitioner of Centering Prayer since 2014, which has been so life-giving and so life-changing that he feels compelled to share his journey with others who wish to learn more. His newest book is titled, Sitting With God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. Rich, thanks for coming on the show.
2: Thanks for having me, I really appreciate it.
1: I was very excited when you connected with me and brought up the topic because I have not yet spoken with anybody about Centering Prayer. In fact, I never heard about Centering Prayer. I am sure that there are a lot of people that don't even know that this exists out there. So I'm looking forward to diving in a little bit more about what it is, what is made available to us through it. And before we jump into all of that, I'd like to just start with your experience who you are, what led you on your journey to this practice-centering prayer, and why you want to help so many others learn about it as well.
2: Sure. Well, obviously, as part of the introduction, and I'll get to it, but i It has really healed and transformed me and just changed me. And I've experienced so many fruits from the practice that I want to share. And we can get into that as we talk and that I just want to share with others because it has healed and transformed me and shown me the way forward and what I should be doing in life, everyday life. So I want to share it with others in case it can help them. But in terms of how did I find Centering Prayer? I guess I had always been attracted to silence. I just didn't know what to do in it. And I had read some books by Carl McCullman back in 2010, 2011. And he talked a lot about silence and how transforming it was in contemplative prayer. I don't remember him talking about a practice. I've since learned he actually does practice centering prayer. So at that time, I would just sit in silence for one, two, three minutes and see what happens. And it was brutal, and probably because I didn't know what to do in the silence. I didn't have a practice, but I kind of persisted anyhow. But then in, in late 2013, I was looking for a book to read on Amazon, and I came across a book called Healing the Divide Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots by Amos Smith. And as I began reading it, he talked about. A practice he had been doing for about 15 years or so up until that point called centering prayer. So that immediately intrigued me because I, I it was a silent prayer practice, and I had been looking for something I just didn't know what to do in the silence. So the book found me on Amazon. So in late 2013, I began dabbling in Centering Prayer, reading other books on Centering Prayer, reached out to Amos on his website, and we began a back-and-forth email dialogue, and and then became friends, actually. In fact, we were just speaking a few days ago. He's on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast. But So that's how Centering Prayer found me. And then a little bit that, because it has healed and transformed me and produced so many fruits in my life, I just feel like it's not something I can't and shouldn't keep to myself. I need to share it in case it can help others.
1: Yeah. So I'd like you to define for our audience what Centering Prayer is. How is it similar to or different from meditation and other kinds of prayers?
2: Sure. So Centering Prayer has been around for about 50 years. It was created in the early 1970s by three Trappist monks, so three Catholic priests. Uh, They saw that meditation was happening in, in the world and they wanted something for the Christian community. And so Thomas Keating sort of was had charged that's let's find something. And one of the priests, William Manager, was reading a book called The Cloud of Unknowing. I think it's a 14th century classic book. And kind of the method of centering prayer popped out at him as he was reading the book. So centering prayer is considered meditation, silent, wordless meditation prayer. but And the reason it's considered prayer is because it's also considered a, you know, a relationship with God. You're sitting with God in wordless prayer and opening to the presence and actions of God within during this time. And then how you do it is you sit comfortably with your eyes closed and to begin your silent sit, you introduce interiorly you know, a one or two syllable word, God, beach, love, ocean, Jesus, to begin your prayer time. And then whenever you begin engaging your thoughts, and what I mean by that is you begin thinking about things you were doing before your sit, or you begin thinking about, well, what am I going to do after my sit? What's the rest of the day look like? And you realize you're not sitting with God anymore. You're you're sitting with your planning and your plotting or or you're reminiscing of, of the past. So you reintroduce that word interiorly, let go of your engaged thoughts, come back to the present moment, and then even let go of that word. So the idea is you're just continuously returning to God during your silent sit. It's not used as a mantra, so the sacred word is just used when you need it, when you find your your engaging thoughts instead of letting go of them. And you also don't have to use a word. I started with a word and generally people that are more auditory might want a word. I kind of discovered I'm more of a visual person. So I picture an interior image in my head to come back to the present moment. Some people are more physical people. They use their breath and then others are afraid that if they close their eyes, they'll fall asleep. So they actually keep their eyes open and stare at a spot, perhaps five or six feet in the distance on the floor just to keep them in the present moment. So that's a little bit of a quick thing of how you do centering prayer as well as the history of it. So it's been around for about 50 years and it is meditation but it's also considered prayer because it's really a relationship with God. We believe we're opening to the presence and actions of God within.
1: Okay, so when you you use that word or picture in your mind or your breath or a focal point to to help keep you centered in your thoughts, so your mind isn't wandering. How then do you connect with God in that? I don't know if it's different for everybody, or I'm just curious, then what? Do you ask a question? Do you just open yourself to hearing a message from God? Like What does that look like?
2: So if you think about prayer, you can think about the path of prayer, vocal prayer is where you're talking to God and you, maybe you're thanking God or you're asking God for something or you're praying for others that you want to pray for, or maybe you're complaining or, or just lamenting, then that's kind of vocal prayer. Then there's kind of meditative prayer where you're reading scripture and, and you're reading a paragraph and then you're thinking, well, what is God trying to tell me here? And you're kind of pondering on it and even asking God, what message do you want me to get from reading this paragraph in scripture? As you keep on your path of prayer, then there's contemplative prayer, which is what centering prayer is. You're just sitting with God beyond thoughts, beyond words, images, emotions. You're just sitting with God and letting go of your thoughts and emotions and letting God act in you at a deeper level behind all of your thoughts and emotions And maybe even think of prayer as like if you're sitting on a porch and looking at a beautiful sunset, there's really no words. You're just looking or you're taking a walk or or sitting with a friend or someone special to you. Sometimes you don't need to talk. You just like being with that person and words aren't always required. So centering prayer really opens you up to contemplative prayer where you're just sitting with God. So little being with big being, and and that's it. Trusting God to act in you at, at a deeper level. So it's, it's just deepening your prayer from vocal prayer to kind of meditative and pondering to just sitting with God. And I'm not saying give up any of your prayer forms, just enrich it with this type of prayer.
1: Absolutely. You mentioned that you experience inner transformation. What does that mean? What does that look like? Or, and what could it look like for somebody else?
2: So we come to our silent sit simply because we, we love God, we trust God, and we want to get ourselves and our thoughts out of the way. So during the time, nothing really happens in terms of anything you begin thinking or any experience you have, you're really letting go of it and c- continuously coming back to God. So you notice outside of the prayer time, I, I guess, as I've been practicing centering prayer for all of these years, outside of the prayer time, I've noticed things about myself. And one thing I will say, if you think during Centering Prayer, you're letting go and coming back to God, and, and you automatically, in a way, start taking that letting go posture with you in your everyday life. So you learn to let go. If you have a lot of tasks to do at work, you learn to let go of the ones that don't need to be done right now. So you can hone in and focus on the ones that do. The gesture of letting go kind of comes with you as a byproduct of, of the practice where you're letting go of what the moment or the present moment doesn't require of you. You can hone in and focus on on what it does. So that's one thing I definitely noticed. Then, you know, I've just noticed you know, I'm a lot more confident of a person. I'm a lot more excited to live life. It's not that I didn't enjoy life, but I, I seem more excited. And maybe it's because I'm just more present and, and aware of the present moment and enjoying the present moment. You know, I, I seem to have nudges to get out of my comfort zone and try and do new things. Um, I think I'm less reactive. I, I'm still work in progress in that area, but I think I'm more willing to listen to people. And just because I don't agree with them or understand their point of view doesn't mean I shouldn't just be present and see what I can learn from it. So I think I'm less reactive and more willing to sit and listen to, to people that are different from me and, and give them the respect that, that they deserve. Those are some things I've definitely noticed over the years as a result of my practice. And I think if you ask others, they may say similar ones and they may say things that I didn't even mention that how daily practice of sitting in silence has slowed them down and changed them in in various ways.
1: Do you think that's because as we sit with God, we become more in tune with who he is and, and the image of which we were created from?
2: Yeah, I would say so. In Centering Prayer, I believe you're connecting to your true self, the person God wants you to be. Because if you think about it, when you're letting go of your thoughts and, and all kinds of thoughts that I'm not a good person, or I'm not the right person to try this task, or I'm too young to try this, or I'm too old to try this, or I'm scared to do this, you're letting go of all of that. And then what's left is really just you and God and what you should be doing and trying. So I definitely believe it connects you to your true self, the person God wants us to be. God just seems to be very patient and and waits for us to finally connect to it and and start taking some forward action. So I think of it as I sit with God, then I get up and and walk with God and take my true self actions on a daily basis. And I sit just to reconnect with God and reconnect to the person that God wants me to be on a daily basis.
1: Yeah. I think our society pushes us or encourages a certain level of self-reliance. You know, everything I do comes from myself. Everything I achieve comes from me. Everything I need exists within me. And it doesn't have to be so different, but it's a twist on that self-reliance only to something bigger than ourselves. So what would you say to somebody who has, been trained for whatever reasons, you know, I only have me to rely on any strength to overcome anything in life has to come from me. And it's just, it's all about me and not necessarily in a bad way. I don't think it's always bad, but it's different from surrendering to something bigger than yourself what would you say to those people to open themselves up to what Centering Prayer has to offer for them?
2: Yeah, I would say in a way that can kind of limit you because you're not opening to all the experiences that might be available to you. So if you're just thinking it's me and and my way, we're Centering Prayer. What it does is you'll let go of things that you don't agree with or, or things that seem difficult or hard, or you don't think that's you. You learn to let go of it all and just be in the present moment for whatever it is and whatever it might require of you. So I think it would help you broaden your experiences and and maybe start doing things you never dreamed you could do. It's kind of true freedom in a way, because if it's just all about you... You might miss an opportunity because you don't even try. You might have three paths ahead of you, and you say, "I can only do path one, and I can't do two and three. And centering prayer opens up all the paths available to you, and, and lets you take the one that makes the most sense.
1: Mm, thank you. You mentioned you tried to when you first began that two to three minutes was excruciating, <laughs> and you know, bringing it back to the practice of it. There are lots of people, including myself, who might feel like, oh my gosh, two to three minutes of silence. I can't, I can't even. So how did you do that? How did that progress? That way, someone who is just starting out can see the small victories in the practice of Centering Prayer.
2: And I think why it was so hard was because I didn't really even have a practice. So I just sat there and I was sitting there with all of my thoughts where centering prayer taught me, how do I sit in the silence? I, I let go of my thoughts and I come back to the present moments and, and it's a continuous let go. So I, I think the first thing would be is, is to find some type of practice, whether it's centering prayer or, and there's a lot of different practices, find a practice. Don't just sit in silence. Maybe find some type of particular practice. That trains you or shows you what do you do in the silence and how do you let go of it and keep coming back to it. So I think once I found center in prayer, it made it a whole lot easier for me. So it wasn't as brutal. And then I would even say, take baby steps. So make it the first thing you do when you get up in the morning. And, and if it's the first time you're doing something like this, just do one to five minutes and, and try that for you know a month and see how it goes and see how you feel. And then start increasing the time to five and 10 and 15 and maybe 20 minutes. And then I tell people to add a second sit at some point later in the day and take the same steps with that sit if you have to. A couple minutes and slowly increase it. Find a practice and then just start with a few minutes and work your way up some of the common things people have said because i've taught it in front of church groups is they'll say they thought it was going to be horrendous and, and and an eternal process but it, we just we would just do a five minute sit and they said it wasn't that bad a lot of people will say it, it wasn't as painful as i thought it would be <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> that's funny so when we start our day with it what difference can that make?
2: I think it just resets you to life, reconnects you to God and gets you going. Particularly for me on a Monday morning, I'll wake up and I'm nervous and anxious about the day. I, I've been working from home for almost two years now. And with COVID, I'm immediately anxious as I think about turning on the computer all the emails I'm going to have to respond to or what phone calls or what work do I have to do. Centering prayer for me has calms me down. It, it slows me down, gets rid of my anxiety and, and it helps me just, prepare for the day. So for me, I, I would say it's just resets, regrounds me, removes my anxiety. And, and then my second sit, which I do generally before my lunch, and I eat a later lunch. So it might be one or two o'clock in the afternoon. The second sit kind of helps me finish the day strong. Because if my fumes run dry, I, I need to reset, I need to refresh, I need to reconnect. Maybe my mind's a little bit tired. So I need to slow down and 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 get rid of all my anxiety for the second half of the day that I might have. And I tell people, don't skip your second sit. If you have one, it has a way of giving you back time at the end of the day and look back at the second half of the day. I'm, I'm, delighted because it's gone well. And it's because I took the time just to do that second set. And I was able to get through the work I needed to get through. I think if I skipped the second sit, I won't be as productive and, and as focused. And no matter how busy I am, is what I tell people. I've noticed it has a way of giving me back time.
1: Very good. I think especially in our world today, I feel like mental health has been exacerbated with the current climate of our society and the pandemic and such. So I think centering prayer would be a great practice for everybody to start implementing to recenter us and refocus us to what's important. What can we control? What are things that we can affect and have impact on? And how do we respond to life in a way that's more productive and more aligned with who we were created to be, which is the image of God. And you wrote a book called Sitting with God. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Sure. So I I wrote, that book was published by Anamkara Books, August 2020. It came out in paperback Kindle. It's called Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. And I wrote it to be very easy to read for anybody that Either didn't know anything about centering prayer or people that were practicing and wanted to go deeper in their practice. So, the main objective of the book was really to teach them what is centering prayer. And then, just for me to be vulnerable and share how it has healed and transformed me with various stories that I share throughout it in hopes that I can do the same for others. The chapters were short. And then, even within each chapter, I'll have a heading so you know what to expect under that section, and then the sections are small. At the end of the chapter were five or six questions to reflect upon what you read, because some people enjoyed that. I got many emails from people saying they enjoyed the short chapters and some of the questions because it helped them reflect on the chapter before they moved to the next one. So it was written for everybody that did know Centering Prayer, but it also will help people that are practicing and help them go deeper into their practice and deeper into who is their true self.
1: That is a great guide for anybody who is beginning the practice or contemplating on wanting to start a practice. You know, I find myself saying lately, the greatest adventure you can go on is within. But I think I'd like to add to that. It's within, with God, because my faith is very important to me. I'm Catholic. I'm somebody that knows that when I am out of strength within myself, that there's something bigger that I can rely on. And I look to for guidance and support, and there's nothing that I could find that would replace that kind of relationship with God, creating the time to spend with God is so important. I I love that it's called centering prayer. It really does recenter yourself and make you remember who you are and whose you are. And so thank you for coming on the podcast and thank you for going on that journey and sharing with it. I love how you say, I can't not share this practice with others because of the impact that it can have on your life. And so Rich, thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing your story and anybody who is interested in starting this journey of centering prayer or just searching out there for something different because something has to change, then check out his book. We're going to link all of that in the show notes. So that way you can access that. You said it was on Amazon. That would be a very easy way for people to access the book, Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self through Centering Prayer. Is there anything else that I didn't cover that you'd like to add before we say goodbye?
2: I guess I would simply say my website is silenceteaches.com. So if they come to it and subscribe, they'll get a free short ebook on Centering Prayer if they just want to learn more about it. And then if they decide they want to go learn even more, my book is on my website. Read what some of the others are saying about it. Come to silenceteaches.com. Learn more about Centering Prayer. And then if you're even further interested, feel free to check out my book.
1: Very good. Thank you, Rich. Here are this episode's takeaways. As we sit with God, we become more in tune with who he is and the image of which we were created for. We learn to let go and focus on the moment through centering prayer. It has a way of giving you back time. Being intentional in sitting with God and continuously coming back to him refreshes and restarts you from the busyness and distractions of everyday life. Thank you to you who is listening for tuning into another episode of the Small Victories podcast. In our busy go, go, go world, it may feel like taking a time out to connect with God can't be a priority. There's just so much to do, but taking this time to recenter ourselves and be intentional with connecting with God is probably the highest priority. It has the power to shift our perspective, activate our discernment, and open our eyes to possibility. And I believe it is in our connection with God, we find our victory. Thanks for tuning in. And until we meet again, be blessed.
0: Come into me Show me what I need to see You are my path Way into the night Lead me from shadows to light You Smile on, On my smile small victory